Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today on 30 Minutes, we feature remarks made at the 2018 Tucson Festival of Books at the Nuestras Raices Stage, a program of the Pima County Public Library. The panel was entitled All Around Us, based on a picture book written by Zelena Gonzalez and illustrated by Adriana Garcia. And all around us, a grandfather and his granddaughter meditate on the cycles of life and nature, and it's inspired by Zelena Gonzalez's own daughter and father and other experiences. We wish to thank the friends of Pima County Public Library for sponsoring this venue and for supporting uh, Nuestras Raices. Nuestras Raices is um, a library program that builds community by celebrating Mexican-American authors, arts, and culture. Thank you for being here and joining us for this really special talk with um, author Zelena Gonzalez and um, illustrator Adriana Garcia. They are here to talk about their picture book, All Around Us. First, I'll, I'll start by welcoming Selena. She is the author of All Around Us, uh, a picture book that uh, deftly depicts her mestiza culture and roots on the west side of San Antonio. Selena studied journalism at Northwest University and library science, yay librarian, at Texas Women <laughs> University. But her true training um, as a storyteller has come from getting to know other living beings, including the plants, animals, and people who happen to speak different languages and see the world in unusual ways. Selena tells these stories through picture books, essays, song, and dance. And All Around Us is her first book, and it's beautiful. And then secondly, please join me in welcoming Adriana. Adriana is an award-winning artist, uh, muralista, and scenic designer, and the illustrator of the children's book, All Around Us. Adriana studied fine arts in Pennsylvania, where she received a BFA from Carnegie Mellon University. From there, she continued her arts education in Valencia, Spain, but her roots are on the west side of San Antonio, where she was born and raised and where the picture book, All Around Us, is set. Adriana paints as a way of honoring a person's existence to make visible the mark they have imprinted upon her and the environment, which is both a legacy that they've left for her and for those to come. And just a little bit about their debut book, All Around Us. It has received several honors since its publication in 2017. It was selected as the 2017 Southwest Books of the Year for Children's Literature. It's the Association for Library Service to Children's 2018 Notable Children's Book. It's a 2018 Pura Belpre Honor Book recognized for its stunning illustrations, as well as a picture book honor recipient for the 2018 American Indian Youth Literature Award. So we'll first start off this discussion with a reading of the book All Around Us by Selena. This is All Around Us by Selena Gonzalez. That's me. And my good friend Adriana Garcia illustrated it. She's illustrating now, by the way. You'll get to see the finished piece when we're done. We had a lot of fun doing the dedication page. So I dedicated mine to um, Grandpa Bear, CG, and his Navatete, Yamaya Sol. Um, that's my dad and, and my daughter. Um, because I had the privilege of knowing the illustrator, which many of you probably know is, is not common to be able to work closely with your illustrator. Um, but she was able to take photos of my family and base her work on that. So I dedicated it to them. And Adriana's dedication is quite beautiful for you who observe silently and move miraculously. And here's the story. 
Grandpa says circles are all around us. We just have to look for them. He points to the rainbow that rises high in the sky after a thundercloud has come. He traces the colorful arc with his hand and says, can you see? That's only half the circle. The rest of it is down below in the earth where water and light feed new life. That's the part we cannot see. But in my mind, I try. Grandpa and I work side by side in the garden, planting flowers and pulling vegetables. We eat what we've grown, crunchy lettuce, sweet carrots, and spicy chiles. Grandpa saves the stems, leaves, and seeds to bury back in the ground. Here is another circle, he says. What we take from the earth, we return. He draws a big circle on his belly with his hand and a little circle on mine and says, we even have circles inside. This makes me laugh. Grandpa and I talk, take a walk around our neighborhood where we find other circles. The sun, the clock, the bicycle wheels. We stare at the green and brown rings in each other's eyes for a long time. And then we laugh again. He's right. Circles are everywhere. I'll show you one more important circle before the big round moon comes out, says Grandpa. We walk way back in our yard and sit under a tall pecan tree. Grandpa seems sad when he sits here because this is where we bury the ashes of our ancestors. I don't remember them, but he does. Even our bodies return to the earth, he says. But that's only half the circle. That's the part we cannot see. Finally, we walk to our front yard where we water our smallest tree. Grandpa planted it for me on the day I was born and everything that fed me while I grew in my mother's belly is buried at the roots. I love bringing water to the apple tree that is already taller than I am. Grandpa pats my head and says, do you see, my grandchild? We have new life with you. I am a part of the circle too, the part we can see, just like a rainbow. And I do read slower for children, but <laughs> we thought in case you hadn't heard the story, you might want to hear it. Beautiful. Well, thank you for, thank you. for reading that for us. And, and let's start with the story. Let's start with what are the origins of this story? Okay. We brought a sample of um, the way this story began. You'll see here that there's a, you'll notice it's like a campaign poster, right? And that's exactly what it is. We, we printed Adriana's original illustrations. They're slightly different from the story that you'll see, from the book that you'll see. This is one of the results of a grant that we received from the National Association of Latino Arts and Culture. This was our way of going around the established publishing industry, which dictates that if you get your story picked up by a publisher, they then decide what illustrator you work with. You don't have an input in the process. You don't, so in some cases, I've met many authors who've never met their illustrator or, you know, there's no connection there. 
So these rules are in place for a reason, right? Sometimes one's talent might outshine the other, so you're not really supposed to submit together. Even though we had tried once and, and got rejected <laughs> once, um, but and sometimes people try many, many other times, but I really wanted Adriana to illustrate my story, whether it ever became a book or not. So we worked hard to um, apply for a grant. Um, her mom, Adriana's mom reminded me that uh, we missed the deadline the first time. So we have had our, our, you know, trips along the way. But we applied for this grant and we got it. And Adriana, wow, she's amazing. <laughs> Adriana um, illustrated the story. And one of the requisites of the grant was that we share the story with our community in San Antonio. So being a librarian, I've always wanted to do a story walk. So if you can imagine, how many did we have, 15? We had 16. 16. We had 16 panels set up around the lawn of Mission Library. And we had us, we had poets, we had singers, we had dancing. It was a really cool, it was like we had our book party before we had a book. And the community, it was fun. And the community really supported it. We even had them help us read it as we walked together in English and in Spanish. So even though we don't have yet a book published in Spanish, the original project, we did include both languages for our community. So then when we were done with this, it was a truly organic community-based effort because everybody, they said, well, we want the book. And we said, do you? Will, will you sign our paper? We want your email address. We'll let you know if we ever publish it. And then, and then we got together at like one in the morning before I was flying back to China because that's where I was living recently as a school librarian. And then, and then Adriana said, okay, so how do we publish the book? And I said, I don't know, I can find out in China. We thought about publishing it ourselves. And I said, there is an independent press, because the big houses aren't gonna let us do it. And she said, why not? And I said, there's all these rules, but this independent press might say yes, right? So we called them the next day, and I said, this is what we did. The community is behind it. It's amazing. And they, this is Cinco Puntos. They have a booth here. They have amazing, amazing work, if you don't know of them. Um, and so they said, well, you, what if we just want her art? Or what if we just want the story? And we had talked about that. And I said, well, we're both OK with that, but you're going to want both. And they did. And we're really happy that they said yes. So it was published in October. We received those accolades, including the, the Tomas Rivera Mexican American Book Award. We found out just before we got here. Oh. So yeah, we're really excited about that. And just, yeah, so happy that people like it. <laughs> and, and what is the inspiration for the story? Where does the story itself come from for you? So the story itself has a couple of um, roots. My father, who um, actually worked a lot with Adriana's mom, she's, she's here in attendance, they're community organizers. And so definitely the way the story came about had a lot to do with our parents and how they raised us um, with this knowledge and appreciation and respect for our community and for things developing in an organic way. My dad is, that's, that's all him in the book, like finding these teachable moments and, and sort of challenging us to think in a different way. I included in the author's note um, this moment that happened when I was a child of, uh, I think I was six or seven, and they asked us to do a timeline of our life. You know, and we kind of, you do that for presidents and whatnot, but of your life, it's like, well, I lost a tooth. I learned how to ride a bike. Like, what else? But this idea that there was going to be an end, you know, because some people, some timelines we'd done had an end, it kind of freaked me out. And I started asking my dad about it. And he just listened and he shook his head and he said, Mija, they're going to tell you that it's a line, but it's a circle. 
And he did that. And I'll never forget that. And I don't know that I fully understood it then. And, you know, I'm still understanding it now, right? But that's my dad. And he taught us to look at the world in a different way. And I knew that we and them meant this mainstream society where we were growing up and that we thought about life and death in a little bit of a different way. The second thing was that I had a dream shortly after my tia passed away. She left quite suddenly with uh, the uh, cancer that had returned to her and she came to me in a dream and asked me to send a message to her granddaughters who missed her. She said that they would find her in the circle rainbow. And I said, okay. And I delivered the message, and I thought, that's so weird. A cir- you never see a circle rainbow. And so I like to believe that when the story came, because it came quite easily compared to other stories I've written, I'd like to think there was another, there's magic and in that. And at work there. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Adriana, as the illustrator, and particularly because of the dynamic of your relationship, too, I mean, you guys are friends and sort of, and, and sort of chose one another to do this project. Um, and this is Selena's story, but um, you know, you just do such an, a tremendous job of um, telling, you know, sort of helping reinforce that story through your illustration. So I'm just wondering how that the, how you connected to this story, um, and in what way it does sort of resonate with you. Well, Selena approached me and she had told me that she had wrote this story and that she would want me to illustrate it. She had my artwork in in mind. And really, before even reading it, uh, knowing who Selena is and her spirit and everything about her, I just automatically said, of course, of course I'd illustrate your story. And then, you know, she said, I have no money for you. Um, (laughs) But it didn't matter. I think... well, I know, in my artwork, it's the way I, I connect with the world. And so to have this opportunity to, one, share a family story, right? Um, one from our neighborhood. And it really meant, I knew that I, I would w- want to commit to creating the, the, the pieces. And, uh, and of course, uh, you, you I, I couldn't do it without connecting to it, um, and I, I had the opportunity to, like, um, to to spend some time with her family, her father, and and her daughter. And it's actually it is her daughter and her father who is illustrated in the book, and it just really reminded me of my my time with my family, um, who are here, my padrinos and my parents and everything. And so, it. I definitely do connect with it. Right. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And You're listening to authors Elena Gonzalez and illustrator Adriana Garcia discuss their picture book All Around Us at the 2018 Tucson Festival of Books at the Nuestras Raices stage on 30 Minutes. 91.3 KXCI Tucson. And also, just to, to, I, I'm, I'm curious because I, you know, read your biography, you know, and your most of your work, uh, you do, you're a muralist and, um, you know, a painter on canvas. And I'm wondering how this process was different for you than the, you know, your previous sort of. Well, mostly as a. As a visual artist, um, one of the things that I really tried to do uh, was uh, portraiture. Um, first, I, I start off with self-portraiture, and then I did mostly women. I wanted to see the women portrayed the way I saw them and not in magazines um, and, and 
the only way I was going to do that, the only way I was going to see it if I did it myself. Um, so my artwork included uh, portraiture of these really strong mujeres that I knew. Uh, and then from that, what, what I really enjoyed about it is that it became a narrative. It wasn't just one single person anymore. I had to take into consideration interacting with an environment. And my uh, process wasn't necessarily different. Uh, I do work from photographs. I like to take my own photographs and then work from those photographs to, to create uh, uh, paintings and illustrations. And I did that with this book. I took pictures of her father and her daughter, Yamaya, and I, I and I put them together that way. But the one thing that I did do differently, uh, because I am a muralist, I was able to, I won a mural contest and with the, with the prize winnings, I bought myself a Wyacom tablet um, because I, I wanted to incorporate the new technology that is out there. Um, and so I challenged myself with this book to create it completely digitally. So the book is, uh, is digital. Wow. Although I'm, I don't know if I'd continue that. <laughs> Not again. Huh? Um, thank you, thank you. All right, and Selena, um, you pointed out that uh, these characters uh, in the story are based on your father and your daughter, Yamaya. And what's, so I'm, I'm curious, what's been your daughter and your father's response to seeing themselves and their relationship depicted in this story? They're both kind of funny about it, really. My dad was asked to do um, an AARP commercial back home <laughs> because he's involved with the organization. So he he did this, I think, not knowing how often they would run it for a while. So right before right before the story walk, people kept saying, "Hey, I saw you on TV," you know. And I think he was getting a little embarrassed about the whole thing. And then uh, we had the story walk, and someone at the story walk said, "Isn't that the guy from the AARP commercial?" <laughs> so we. We kind of joke with him about it. Um, and then Yamaya is a very, very shy individual. So um, in person, you might see her making a, a face like this, and she doesn't smile a lot. But I feel I feel privileged in that she shows me all of her colors, and so at home she's sort of like, "That's right, I'm famous," you know. So she likes it. But I think, um, and I shared this in the panel earlier, so forgive me if you already heard the story. But when she was younger, she she used to we would go to the library, and she would choose all of the books with black children on the cover. And, and she would only choose those books. And I would try to put other books in her hand and she didn't want them. And would wait until the librarian brought back the books we had just brought. And I asked her, why do you want those books? And she said, because they have brown skin like me, see? And she, I remember her showing her, showing me her skin. She's very morenita, right? And so it, even if she doesn't fully get it now, because even in my in our generation, we've seen more, and we still need more, right? We still need to see more. So the fact that she is now a face, on a, you know, it's like she hears me tell the stories, and she's like, "Wow, I, I said that." You know, she remembers like certain things, but anyway, I, it's important to me, and I don't, even if she doesn't fully get it yet, yeah. Thank, thank you, thank mm -hmm. you. And this next question is kind of for both of you to answer in this story. You know, we have this this really great honor. I can, I felt like it was sort of an honor to witness this um, these kind of intimate moments between you know the granddaughter and the grandfather. Thank you. These moments where cultural notions of life and death mm -hmm. are being passed from one generation to another, and it was really quite. 
powerful and beautiful. And so I'm just wondering if you might share with us, and maybe this is digging too deep, but if you might share with us, you know, kind of what those moments were like for you, perhaps. Like, who were those people in your life that passed on, you know, those things to you? Adriana needs a moment, <laughs> so she's going to draw. Um, for me, one of the one of the interviewers in our hometown asked if I if I I gardened with my grandfather and it hadn't occurred to me you know the inspiration like you just asked that that's what it was and I hadn't even thought about my velo we called him velo because the first grandchild couldn't say abuelo right so my velo was um quite a he was a difficult man I think in retrospect we we probably no. He never received a diagnosis, but I think he, he may have been bipolar. So he had these mood swings and wasn't always the kindest person. And he'd seen war, you know, and, and had and had gone through trauma that, you know, now even now we're still struggling to know how to fully heal from those things. But but he was nice to me. <laughs> he was very nice to me. And, and I wanted to keep it that way. And one of the, I don't know if this was the reason, but one of the connections we had was working in his garden together. He had three yards and we would and we would work together. And so even without words, just silently cultivating the land and him showing me those things, I definitely received a connection with him and learned things from him in that way. And then of course, the, like I said, the, the transmission from, from my tia who had passed away. And I, I did share earlier too that I, I think it's such a gift from our culture. One that we have this connection with the land. Originally in the garden scene, I wanted to have some of the food that the natives had planted like beans and squash and corn, you know, like Indio food, right? But this this went, <laughs> it was, it changed for other reasons. But that and then our, our comfort with death, our just our acceptance of, of this, right? What my father said was a circle. You're okay with it. And so I believe that you, you live in a, just a more relaxed way and in your full being. So I think those are great gifts from many of our cultures and um, the Latino culture specifically and Mexican American culture. So, um, um, that that's a great gift I think we've received. Okay, I'm ready to talk. <laughs> um, I I really have to credit my mother because uh, she was she was a nurse, but one thing that she really did instill into our family was to visit our sick and to 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 give support of that. So I remember always going to family members' houses and bringing them food, and especially when they were at their last legs of life, and and being there and and being unafraid. And it wasn't it wasn't a somber occasion. It was something that you just did. Um, and so I I have really. This is going to sound weird, but fond memories of my family passing away because it was, um, because it was just that it was a family gathering, saying goodbye. Thank you for both of you for sharing that. And so, Selena, and this is a long one here. Sorry. So, in in the book, the grandfather and granddaughter nurture that tree, the tree that they planted for the granddaughter when she was born, and in that in that part of the story, you don't explicitly say that there was a placenta from her birth that was planted with the tree, but you note in your author page that uh, it was implied when the granddaughter recalls that everything that fed me while I grew in my mother's belly is buried at the roots. Mm -hmm. So death and cremation are also topics that you, um, you introduce in the story that you touch on. 
and as someone who works with and writes for young people, you know, how do you make that decision to um, not only broach these sort of complex topics for children, but and but how they will, how you will handle them, how you will handle those topics? How do you make those decisions? How do you come to that place? That's been an interesting thing, you know, as a writer and a, and a children's librarian, I, um, I've had these stories for a while and I've shared some other stories with, with children. And then when I have some of my stories, just because you, can, you don't need illustrations, although it really brings them to life, but I've shared my stories with children and I know that they like it. But then when I've shared my manuscripts with other writers, and even more so with people in the field, right, in the publishing field, they're like, ooh, like, mm, no, you don't write this for children. Or that, don't you think that's kind of dark for kids? And it, I, I think you think it's kind of dark for kids, you know? But I'm, at least as, as a mom, like the type of mother that I am, I know because I, I don't censor the way my child talks or thinks, she's very free to ask me anything she wants, and I do my very best to answer her in an honest way. Obviously, with certain topics, I have to, like, we'll get a little deeper into that later, you know, and she's 11 now, so she's kind of like, mm, right? But even when she was very young, she would ask me questions, she would ask me hard questions about, like, about God and about death, and so it's, it's there, and they wonder about these things, and so why not talk to them about it? But as far as navigating what happens after, we're still learning. You know, the book was just published in October, and um, and then I just got back into the states at the end of the year, and so we're just now starting our school visits. And so just yesterday, in one of the Tucson schools, um, one of the kids asked me. She said, um, "You talk about burying your ancestors in the backyard." I'm pretty sure that's illegal in the city of Tucson. She was in third grade, right? Wasn't that funny? She was like, I don't think you can do that. And I was like, you know what? You're totally right. Like, <laughs> because I've looked into this, and she's right. You can't. You can't. And so I said, because of that, because you can't have your family, like, proper burial grounds the way, you know, at a, at a time people could. But in my family, we do practice cremation. I'm glad we're, we can, we can all talk about it now. Because in the schools, I do have to like, you know, I have to be careful. But, you know, I've talked to my family about it. Like they have, they have the ashes in our family and they have the urn and, and, you know, um, there's been conversations around that, right? What do you do? And so we tell each other, like, just throw my ashes in the in the garden or throw mine in the ocean. And, and you know, sometimes we laugh about it and sometimes it's very serious conversation. I said, well, if you can't bury the body, you can, nobody knows if you bury the ashes, right? <laughs> so it was kind of, and I explained in the back of the book that that part is more my imagining of the way that I would like to be just connected to the earth where, where my daughter's placenta is buried because we've been on that land for going on five generations now so the land is sacred to us and we do have have roots there um, but yeah so then this comes up with the kids and so we have that conversation and on the heels of that another kid said but why did you write about about death and um, and then it was funny because it was like I could feel all there was about 50 of them they all kind of leaned in and then sort of looked looked back like they were interested maybe a little excited 
maybe a little spooked even, right? But they, I, a bunch of them glanced back because the teachers were there, right? They're normal <laughs> teachers who, they don't let them talk about these things, but they're curious about these things, right? And so I said, um, I shared this earlier, I said, well, we're all alive, right? And, and, and we're all just kind of sharing with them. And I tried to do it in a nice way, not saying like, you're all going to die, right? <laughs> I do tell my, I tell my daughter that just because sometimes things get so heavy in life. Like she's preteen now and it's like, look, we're all going to, we're all going to meet the same end. So let's just try to just enjoy life and not waste it on anything besides self-love as often as we can, right? That's like my, my big go-to as a parent. But, um, but with, the, with the kids in the libraries and in the school visits, it, it is a little bit tricky. And there are people who get upset. We had a, a parent, uh, rather a teacher, who pulled, who kind of stopped us from talking anymore about the placenta, even though the question came from the child. And we all had a placenta feeding us at some point, you know, but it was like, this is this was not okay for her. And um, and I questioned her after whether it was like a district rule, because I wanted to know, like, did it come from her or do I have to watch my mouth at these other schools? And no, it came from her. It came from her not wanting to deal with um, what she called troublesome parents in her in her class. But I mean, I was a school librarian. I, I know all about that. It's you kind of have to be brave and you have to be an advocate for for children, but we all have different values, so I'm sure I'll, I'll get into trouble at some point, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> we'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to Remarks Made at the 2018 Tucson Festival of Books at the Nuestras Raices Stage, a program of the Pima County Public Library. The panel is entitled All Around Us, based on a picture book written by Zelena Gonzalez and illustrated by Adriana Garcia. And all around us, a grandfather and his granddaughter meditate on the cycles of life and nature, and it's inspired by Zelena Gonzalez's daughter and father. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shoggard.